What's going on, Grant? How are you, my man? Pretty good. How are you? It's long overdue. You should have been on way sooner. I know. Definitely. Dude, did you guys watch that game? I'm still so hyped right now. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe they came back. Dude, down 22 and then with three minutes left in like the third quarter. I was about ready to go upstairs and ask you guys if you wanted to start this earlier. And then they went on a freaking 13-0 run, dude. Freaking fantastic. But Jonah, Jonah, yeah, Andrew Wiggins is getting spicy there. He's pulling up, shooting over guys. I mean, I'm not going to go as far to say like he's, I mean, cause like what, cause like, you know, KD, he just, for some reason, his shot and stuff shooting over guys and that kind of flat angled shot. It just kind of reminds me of KD when he shoots. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, that no, I know, three, I know he's not KD. Okay. But he's the getting, last three was he's KD getting saucy. But, and then the bench, Jonah, when Steph's yeah. not in the game, Pascal takes over <laughs> and then it helps to have Brad throwing a couple shots here and there. But our boy, Jonah, Michael Mulder could have drained a couple crucial three balls there, but he did it, but it's okay. Yeah. I, I mean, he had the team high plus minus of 27. I think he was lucky to be in with some <laughs> of those bench units that played so well, but yeah, sure. But Jonah, only 50 more games to go until I hit that 55 mark, baby. <laughs> For the Warriors prediction. Let's go. Yeah. I yeah, I am I didn't watch the Blazers yesterday, but so for this one, do you just want to talk a little bit about what we saw from the Warriors game and then go Blazers and then NBA as a whole? Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. All right. Sweet. But all right. So but to start, one thing I wanted to say, did you notice how um what happened when Kelly Uber wasn't in the game? We started to come back. Interesting how that works. Yeah, there's there are a few players who sort of got that treatment in the fourth quarter. Uh, sure. Kelly Oubre certainly being one of them. But who else um, did? Well, Wiseman would. Yeah, be, but is is uh, that is that like a legit thing, or is that more minute stuff, or is that I mean, just that he? I mean, you think he's more he, liability? He's, yeah, I mean, he started the game and didn't finish it, so just like him and Oubre, similar yeah. in that regard. But I think you hit the nail right on the head earlier that this the Warriors can really chalk this win up to the bench because mm-hmm. I really think it was like almost a tale of two games, at least through the first um, 42 minutes of this game, that it was really the Clippers starters kind of dominating the Warriors. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like you were saying, um, with about four minutes to go in that third quarter, the Warriors <laughs> were able to hit that switch, especially in the lineup. And we can go back and talk about the first half and all that stuff later too. But that lineup with Kent Bazemore and um, Draymond Green playing together, I thought that one was very disruptive. They forced a lot of turnovers and didn't really let the Clippers get into anything. Bazemore finished with three steals and Green finished with two. Curry was a part of that lineup as well. And he had three. And I think Mm. all of them came in the second half. And so when they were really able to get into that lineup with like, multiple intelligent defenders, multiple guys who kind of knew how to rotate around the floor and help each other out. Mm-hmm. I think that's really when we saw the Warriors kind of switched to that defensive ethos that yep. like more reminiscent of what we would have seen like half a decade ago. Exactly. Grant, did you watch the game? Yeah. Okay. Dude. Do you guys think Kawhi looks slow? Cause I think Kawhi looks slow out there. 
Yeah, he but dude, he's a dead eye sniper mid range though. His freaking laser beam shot, his mid range is kind of yeah. fire. He kind of has that like KD too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's he's a, he's so good when it, it got real when it was like 197 or something, and KD came in and Steph came in. I was like, oh shoot, because Kawhi is such a scary, especially with his mask on, dude. Cyborg, he's terrifying. But what did you? Okay, I just not to go back to Kelly Oubre, but I mean, what do you think's going through his mind in the minds of the players when he keeps taking? Three pointers, and also, what was up with that one that he took in the, like the midway through the third quarter? And he was like, he was about two or three feet behind the arc, and it's like you haven't sunk one all day, and it was just a wasted possession. I'm just like, what are you doing, my man? Because well, he's tenacious on defense. Like, I think, I think he has to keep shooting these three pointers because. <laughs> but what? Yeah, because as bad as he's shot this year and um certainly it's been pretty miserable i mean defenses still guard him out there i mean he's a career 34 percent three-point shooter and normally like i would tend to think that what he's done over his career so far which i think um how long has he been in the nba like five years at this point i would tend to assume that would be a little bit more predictive than the first um eight or nine games of this season. And so I really think the only way for him to battle through this slump, and I think that's what it is. I think it's just going to, I just think it's going to be like a rough start that will be ironed out eventually. I think he's just got to keep shooting because like the moment he stops shooting, that's really when the defenses are going to stop guarding him out there. And that that's going to make him even more of a liability Mm because you you can live with three or four or five missed threes a game. Like that's, like that's not ideal, but it's not going to hurt you. Which, well, it is going to hurt you, but it's not going to be. It's not going to be like extremely debilitating. It's not going to kill you. Yeah, it's not going <laughs> to kill you exactly. What's really going to kill you is if you just stop shooting and defenses like don't respect him at all. Because then all of a sudden you're playing him. You're playing Draymond, Wiseman, or Looney. None of them them are shooters either. So that, that Wiseman, like, Wiseman yeah. hit a three ball today just for you, Jonah. Yeah, uh, it's, it's so fu- it's so funny because I keep noticing every time I watch the Warriors play, and I've seen like seven of their games at this point. The announcers always say, "Like I know oh, you, you wouldn't think this would be true, but but Wiseman can shoot." And it's like, no, he started out the season five for six, and then he's missed seven in a row. And yeah, he did hit finally another mm-hmm. one tonight. But Wiseman is not a guy who you should worry about from behind the arc. But no. apparently, that's not his reputation. Dude, talk about ill-advised shots with Wiseman sometimes. Like, there's hands right in his face. He'll just shoot it. It doesn't matter. He's not scared. But I guess that's kind of a good thing, kind of a bad thing as well. But The thing about Wiseman that's more concerning is that he was 2 of 5 from two-point range this game. <laughs> I mean, like, he, I think he had a, that one dunk that um, yep. on a putback, and then he misses quite a few of those, yeah. um, like, 3 to 6 footers around the rim that you would think with his wingspan and he's supposed to have at least some touch you would think that that would be something he could take advantage of but not so much I was wondering um Grant you haven't been on the podcast but we've talked about Wiseman quite a bit do you have (laughs) any early perceptions of him through the part of the season I don't know I mean I kind of agree with what you were saying but I I like him I mean I feel like he could Mm -hmm. be the Joel Embiid 
And <gasps> I know he, I mean, let's go. I think he could be. I mean, he's more, he's about as athletic as him. But mm-hmm. if he if he could develop more of a shot, he could be really good. I agree. Well said. Jonah, what do you think about the Joel Embiid comparison? <laughs> well, um, that was kind of where I was, um, hope what I was hoping for him coming out yeah. of college. Because uh, I totally agree with Grant that his physical profile yeah. as well as that athleticism is just super intriguing. Like he was like built in a lab to be an elite NBA yeah. center. But usually with the, I, I really thought like, I really thought he was going to make his money. And I really thought his upside was sort of on the defensive end of the floor and really any skill he could add on offense, whether that was the ball handling or whether that was maybe expanding his jump shot. I kind of thought that would all be, sort of marginal value like that was just going to be like the cherry on top of the Sunday yeah he could do that stuff and I really have been a little bit let down by the defensive instincts and certainly that's something that he will be able to work on and it will get better I mean he's not going to be as terrible as he's been throughout Mm -hmm. the early portion of the season but usually with those um elite defensive centers you at least see some of it as a rookie and with Wiseman it still seems like he definitely has a very long way to go, but Mm -hmm. I mean, not to say he's not an intriguing prospect. Like if I were going to do a redraft of like the 2020 draft, he would still easily be in the top five. Um, But I I don't think he has that defensive player of the year upside. Yeah. Grant, what do you think of my boy, Damian Lee, Steph's brother-in-law? Cause I, he's, he's becoming one of our, Second best options that I'm trusting I mean, to hit a three he ball. Was good last it. year too. No, yeah, he they, was good last year. They had to rely on him obviously yeah. a lot, mm-hmm. but he was good last year, and yeah. I'm I'm kind of surprised that he's getting as many minutes. Because like, just asking you, what do you think? Do you think that Wanamaker should be getting more minutes? I mean, if Wanamaker can sink his threes like he did today, I don't care. But yeah, I mean, looked, he looked good tonight. Yeah, he did. Every I feel like everybody looked good tonight though. So I mean. Yeah. Yeah, but Damian Lee, he's becoming that second option, I feel like. And he plays pretty good D, and he gets boards too, which is sweet. But yeah, he works hard. Yeah, for sure. So Especially on defense. Yeah, I like him a lot. But Jonah. Dude, so are we, what are we, 5-0 and now when Steph's hitting three ball, like uh, when he's over 30 points, or at least 30 points a game? That's, oh, I'm not familiar with that stat, but is that true? I, I think I think when we when he is 30 or more, we're like we've won every game. Wow. I yeah. mean you can't sense. expect that every game though, right? But if he's averaging 30 points a game, dude. Can't can't expect 60 every night. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. It was he was so good from beyond the arc. I knew it. I knew it in that third quarter, even though we were down by like 19, Steph. He hit a three ball and then there was a foul or something on Kevon Looney did something and he hit a three ball and I was just, he hit, even though it was a dead ball, but I was just like, oh crap, Clippers could be in trouble, dude. But yeah. How, how did, how did Dame do against the, um, who'd you guys play? Yeah. The Timberwolves. Cause you guys did watch Anthony Edwards. Oh yeah. I was actually about to say that. What yeah. you guys thought of him? Because I thought he looked really good, and he had he had his best game against the Blazers. Did he really? Yeah, he had like twenty six. I want to say, dang! But he looked good. Like he was reminding me of LeBron. 
to be honest. Really? The way he was driving. Who did he slam on? Uh, Anthony Simons. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I saw that one where he was driving and he slammed on somebody. Yeah, that was a nice dunk. He huh? basically jumped over him. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's, pretty much. He's a freaking beast. But what did Dame do that game? Because yeah. I'm telling you, dude. Do, if Steph, what's up? He had 39 and 29. Oh, baby. Minutes. Yeah. Because he didn't play in the fourth. Oh, for real? Were you guys killing him that bad? Yeah. Yeah, we were at like 32. Damn. Except for the then oh, the, yeah. the bench came in and they let him go on like a 12-0 run. <laughs> and it was like classic oh bench. Yeah. But. Yeah, the Blazers bench, Jonah. You were Jonah when they were playing the Warriors, he was pretty pissed. He was he was like, This is atrocious. He was atrocious. like that was not good. But yeah, um, I mean the bench has been a little bit um sketchy for the Blazers <laughs> on defense. Yeah, and, and then what what were you texting me something about how you get you get pissed when Pascal plays the five? Yeah, and that's <laughs> something that's something we saw a little bit of in the first half of this yeah. game today. And the Warriors were pretty much drawing dead. They pretty much are drawing dead anytime they throw Eric Pascal in at the five. Yeah. But that was certainly the case today against Avica Zubats. And Zubats. To be fair, I I thought Pascal was still able to be pretty effective offensively. I mean, I I don't think teams do a very good job of guarding Pascal because it's not like it's not like he is that dynamic off the mm-hmm. dribble. Like you kind of know what he's gonna do. He's he's gonna try to like get an angle on you, and then he's just gonna put his shoulder down and kind of try to right. ram his way as hard as he can to the front of the rim, and that's very effective because. Usually the guys who are guarding him are either small forwards or power forwards who aren't nearly as strong as he is. But when it's Avica Zubats, there's just no reason that Avica Zubats has to like be out there on the three point line right up against him. Like sure. Pascal can hit threes occasionally, mostly off of catch and shoots. Like if anything, I'm not too worried about him shooting that off the dribble. So if I'm Zubats, there's really no reason for me to be out on the three-point line guarding him. And I and I think Pascal was able to take advantage of that quite a bit and then give it all back on the on the defensive side of the floor. Those lineups with <laughs> Pascal at center. Um, I'm excited to see them post the uh, advanced box score for this game because it just felt like any lineup where Pascal was at the five, the, the Clippers were just going to attack him every time. And that was, that was also true with James Wiseman at the five two, it really feels like the Warriors play their best defense when they've either got um, Draymond or Looney in there. Yeah, yeah, dude. The Warriors' defense is low key pesky, though. At one point, the Warriors did have a. I think um, they forced eight turnovers at one point, but the Warriors because the Clippers were they had they definitely had more turnovers because the Warriors that third quarter was abysmal that was so bad they were fouling so much and then they played two good minutes of basketball and then came back basically because that third quarter was awful <laughs> but dude Bazemore, i didn't realize how kind of uh like pesky not pesky uh like kind of he's he's like he's got that beverly kind of attitude i i felt like he was more level-headed i haven't really seen him play that much besides like when he was on the warriors in the past but i didn't realize he kind of chirps yeah, it's so especially... it's so funny. 
he was getting pretty worked up about um that foul yeah screen on zubots what did you guys think about that one i i didn't really know because he got pinned in between and then zubots pushed him into Kawhi basically so i didn't really know they overturned it right yeah so it ended up being a foul on zubots what I kind of thought is the original call was a reach in on and um, to put in context, this was um, about midway through the third quarter, probably about four or five minutes to go. At this point, the Clippers were up by about 14 or 15. And what happened was Kawhi Leonard was running a high pick and roll with Zubots and um, Kent Bazemore was guarding Kawhi <laughs> and he reached in and then and as he was reaching in to try to steal the ball from Kawhi, he got leveled by Zubots, who mm. it was an illegal screen. And so he has a legitimate gripe there. So Steve Kerr ends up challenging that and it gets overturned. But what kind of um, confused me about that decision to overturn that particular call was that although it was an illegal screen, the original call on the floor was a reach in and it was pretty clear that um, Bazemore had initiated that contact with Kawhi like before he ran into the screen. And so I feel like both of those fouls were kind of existing at the same time. And when that's the case, like why would you overturn the one that happened first? And so you could call Mm -hmm. the one that happened second, like that part of it really made no sense because I think the Warriors were 100% correct that, Baysmore did get fouled, but I mean, the question's not whether or not he got fouled. It's who did it first. Which, yeah, which call should have been made first. Yeah. And so that one didn't really make sense to me. And then the, that one really ended up being a momentum changer because right after that, the well, Zubots won the tip, but um, Baysmore hustled into the backcourt and got the ball. And I think the Warriors scored on that possession. And that's really the play that kind of sparked the comeback. And so that was a big momentum shift in the game. It was so funny when Wiseman had the um, jump ball with Beverly. (laughs) He's like a foot taller than him. It's hilarious. Yeah. And then Beverly wound up winning that jump ball too. Yeah, he did because it bounced off somebody and then it went straight to a clipper. Yeah. I I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't say this was a very great game from Patrick Beverly, especially in the first half when he was guarding Curry, Curry really could not get anything going. And Curry was definitely a lot more aggressive in the second half, but Mm -hmm. I think Beverly did an amazing job of guarding him through like the first 24 minutes, as well as Serge Ibaka is another guy who I thought played really great tonight. His shot making. Oh my God. He has that high arc dude. And he was floating in some mid-rangers that I did not think he, they were going to drop. I was like, oh yeah. my God, his, they were clutch shots too. His defense was great as well. And I think that's kind of, and it was an important piece of this game, just the dynamic when Serge Ibaka was on the floor versus Avica Zubox, that Serge Ibaka really allowed the um, Clippers to kind of have that hedge and kind of stop the Steph Curry attack at the head and that was really important i think in slowing stuff down in the first half and then when the warriors went on their comeback that was with zubots on the floor and so i really think this was a game where surge definitely outperformed zubots and then another thing i wanted to mention which just isn't was another sort of part of the uh 
Clippers defensive scheme for this game. I really liked how they started off with Leonard on Draymond Green, Serge mm-hmm. Ibaka on Wiseman, and then I think they had Beverly on Steph. And so that basically allowed them, like, no matter um, what the action was, they were able to pretty much switch anything. And that was the case with Nick Batum. They just have a lot of, like, versatile defenders on the floor. And I think that is really important when you play the Warriors. And then with their bench unit, they have guys like Lou Williams, Savica Zubats, Luke Kennard, like guys who don't really fit that billing at all. And I think that's why they really sort of started to fall off when their starters were off the floor. I like Kennard. Kennard's good. I think the Clippers are definitely going to have to make, make a trade at some point during this season because they're just really, they're going to need like some sort of semblance of two-way basketball on the bench because you don't want to have to be staggering Leonard and George and all that stuff all season. Like a guy who I really like for them, and this guy's not an elite defender by any means, but I think George Hill, and he's on the Thunder, he would be a guy who would really help the Clippers. But I mean, I, I don't think that's a bit out of sight of the scope of what, we're talking about didn't george hill come out and say that they're more the thunder more powerful than people think they are well i mean it wouldn't surprise me (laughs) i mean what are they foreign for right now yeah um they just beat the knicks tonight yeah the knicks they're doing pretty well huh yeah they've been a little friskier this season we'll see how sustainable that is you know what one point that made me so mad is freaking when uh, I think it was Molder fell on PG 13 and then PG 13 looked like he had a season ending injury. And then he gets the inbound like the next play and then he's fine. I'm just like, shut the fuck up, Paul George. Come on, man. He he's so good though. There was one three made in the corner where Lee was on him and I forget who else just right in his face. Doesn't matter. He's so good. Like Paul George is deadly. He's so good. Uh, he torched the Warriors tonight, 25 points mm-hmm. on 13 shots. Yeah. And that's another thing I kind of didn't like going into the fourth quarter of this game. There were so many possessions, especially in the last three minutes, where George and Leonard didn't really figure at all. Like, especially those possessions where Beverly would bring the ball up the court and there would be like 10 or 11 seconds left on the shot clock by the time he finally like made a pass. Like, I, there's just no reason to be running the offense through Patrick Beverly, especially when Kawhi is being guarded by Wiggins and Paul George. Who was, oh, it was Brad Wanamaker who was guarding Paul George. So both of those, you would think that, that those would be matchups that the Clippers would be really aggressive and attacking. And that just wasn't the case. Maybe that goes back to like what Grant was saying. Kawhi was just um, lacking a little bit of energy late in the fourth quarter. And he has been playing more Mm-hmm. Than what's the president ha- what the precedent has been over the last few years? He's been like playing in back to backs. He played thirty four minutes tonight, so maybe he was just a little tired. But the offense really fell off a cliff for the Clippers. Yeah, I was I was so scared because Batum's a sniper from um the corner, and that's what killed us last game because it was close last game against the Clippers, and then Batum sinks. Uh, I think Beverly hit one three ball, and then Batum hit like two in a row. And I was just so scared. I did the war. Batum's still so good, dude. I forgot he even existed. But if the Warriors, he would be such a. I feel. I feel like he's a good addition on any team, really. But he's so good. At, he only went. Well, how many did he hit today? 
I think he was two for eight. Today. Oh, okay. He was two for eight, yeah, really? He didn't, he didn't have a good night. But yeah, but I, I just like get that, so scared. <laughs> yeah, he, I feel like that was an underrated pickup for them. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's old, but he can still like make an impact. He's still athletic. He can still mm-hmm. shoot. Like he's he's active on defense. Yeah, it's like yeah, great passer too. Yeah, yeah. for real. Sure. He's good. Who's he's your player like, of the game besides Steph? He's he's just an all around. Like he can kind of do everything. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's so good. Grant, who's your player of the game from this besides obviously the best point guard in the league? Oh God, I don't know. That's tough. I didn't get to I didn't get to watch all of it. I didn't really see the first half. Um, yeah, but. First half was mostly all Clippers, basically. It was a little close. Warriors just went on a few runs. Um, I'm probably going to give it. Dude, Wiggins is coming into his own, man. But even yeah, Pascal, Wiggins, too, though. Wiggins looked good in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he did. He some good shots. I know. I don't, he just gets, he gets that confidence, and he just pulls up from anywhere. It's sick. But Well, not anywhere. He has to be relatively close. But. Yeah, good game from the Warriors. So proud to be a Warriors fan after tonight. I was about ready to pack it up and go upstairs and do something else, play Madden or something, but that was sick as hell. Do you want to talk about the Blazers, Jonah, or is there anything more you want to talk about the Warriors? Uh, let's let's talk about the Blazers, but before we do that, do you guys just want to widen the scope a bit and just talk about our initial um, reflections on the Western Conference? Because there have been some pretty interesting teams so some overreaction especially, especially one in particular the suns the suns yeah that's who i was gonna say they've been yeah they've been pretty surprising this year i mean they had a rough loss tonight but i think that brings them to six and three and they yeah, were they in first good. place in the west yeah damn yeah dude but jeremy grant i freaking love that guy didn't he hit a game he had a clincher or something today, or was it a game winner? No. It wasn't a game winner, but he they were up by three with about 30 seconds to go. And uh he hit a corner three to put him up six. And that was pretty much that was pretty much the end of the game. Yeah, he's a savage. Yeah, the Suns choked tonight. They had like a 20-point lead, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, I was I was <laughs> checking. Yeah, I was checking, and it was to Detroit, who has been not good. Yeah, and, and Detroit missing their starting point guard. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah who'd, who'd, that be? who'd that be? Killian Hayes. He got oh, yeah. yeah. For a couple months. That may be addition by subtraction in the immediate. Killian Hayes has been pretty awful. But... <laughs> has he actually? Yeah. Oh, It's been really rough. Didn't wait. Who did you have Killian going to? Didn't you have him going to the Suns in your mock draft? I might have. Yeah, because I had the Pistons taking Patrick Williams. I'm pretty sure. So uh, I think I had Killian to the Suns. Yeah. But which, the- looking back at it, I'm sure the Suns are kicking themselves for not taking Halliburton. That seems like it. That was kind of the no-brainer at the time when Halliburton fell to ten, and that seems even more obvious now. Or at least take Devin Vassell, but. No, you you spent you spent the tenth overall pick on a guy who, if he works out, is going to be your backup center. And right now, he has a sprained ankle, so um, not not looking great for that fifth yeah, but... pick. But that's 
not really relevant to what we're talking about. Bro, I'm looking at the Rockets stuff. game. They shot the freaking lights out today. Yeah, well, they were playing the uh, Magic, too. <laughs> Speaking of having your point guard injured, the Magic. Um, yeah, they're kind of the walking wounded right now. Did did Aaron Gordon I did Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier even play in this game? I have no idea. I don't pay attention they, to any other teams. They did not. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, okay, so this this is pretty. Um, we should probably move on to something a bit more interesting. This is kind of just stream of consciousness, but that's what you get when you listen to all Kieran games. So, exactly, dude. Um, I'm happy to see the Celtics take a dub, but they, I mean, they're obviously they're seven and three. But I mean, like, they're they're so good. They're making it to the finals this year. I'm telling you. We'll see about that one. You don't um, think so? No, I've been. How I've been a- Literally anything could happen this year. Come on. Literally anything could happen. Graham, where I've, you What's I've, up? Been, a, I've been a Celtics skeptic for pretty much all this season. You know that, Callan. Mm-hmm. Although I have been excited. Know. I've been excited to see Peyton Pritchard get off to such a good start. I've this is to, this is crazy because have you ever seen a team make so many like game-winning shots with less than seven seconds to go than the Celtics have in this span? Like they had that Jason Tatum bank in yeah. three against the Yeah, then they had Peyton Pritchard tip it in against the Heat, and then Jason Tatum hit another game winner against the Pistons with yeah. like four seconds left. Yeah, dude. I wanted to go back to the Suns though. Do you guys yeah. know how many double-figure scores they have? Oh, it's something. Is it like eight? Seven. Seven. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Damn. Who are they? They're... Let me see if I can guess. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, DeAndre Aiden. Um, yeah. Is, is Campaign one of them? No. Oh. Jay Crowder. Yeah. And not Dario Saric. Yeah. Dario? Oh, it is Dario Saric. Wow. Yeah, he's been playing well. Love that. Yeah. Especially, I guess, now he's kind of their backup center, basically. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm i excited to watch the Suns. I've only seen two of their games so far this year. But um, but Donovan Mitchell had a night. Yes, sir. That's my boy, the Spider. They beat the Bucks. Let's go. The Jazz. The Jazz have been pretty up and down. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of teams have so far. So, yeah, that's kind of been the strange thing about this year is how inconsistent. Yeah, it's been. like it's kind of hard to make predictions or kind of really form opinions off the teams just because yeah, it's still so early. Yeah, I've really just more than anything kind of been looking to see like what the team's fastball is like. So like. With the Blazers, they've had like three or four games where they've really sort of played to their potential. So like against the Lakers or that first game against the Warriors were the two where everything sort of just came together. Do you guys want to actually move on to the Blazers now? Don't take away from the Warriors win, dude. God, I hate that. (laughs) It's like the Warriors beat the Blazers. Blazers didn't play. I mean, they didn't play good, but I mean, just like, just accept the fact that we're a good team. Why would I have included that second game in in a list of the Blazers' best games of the season? That one one was one to forget. But Grant, I know you had some thoughts about the Blazers. Yeah, for sure. I need to pull up their box score. 
I feel like one of the main things, and because we were just talking about it being early, is their shooting has been so inconsistent. Mm -hmm. That's been like, which is like one of the least like worrisome things about them coming into the season that I had. And they've just gone on such streaks. Like last night, they started the game like one for eight. And then in the second quarter, they went on a run where they were like eight for nine. And it just like, it doesn't make sense what they're doing at the moment. Cause they have a lot of good shooters. Like Covington went over five against someone. I can't remember. And I feel like they're just kind of getting into that groove where it's still, they're like ironing out those things. Cause Covington is a good shooter, but he hasn't shot that well so far. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. He's still at, um, <laughs> What is he at? Like 32% this season. So that'll get up to like 34 or 35% hopefully. And then, but yeah, and it's crazy too, because the Blazers shoot the uh, third most three pointers of any team in the league. Like we shoot three pointers on about 42% of our shots, which I kind of think that's a little bit problematic for the Blazers. Like you think so? Yeah. I don't really think that's a healthy combination because especially with Dame, like part of, I thought what made him so dangerous in the bubble and in that um, run last season, when he really played the best basketball of his career last year is like how he's able to sort of balance the shooting with also like, he's one of the fastest players in the league and also one of the best finishers at the hoop in the league. I feel like we haven't seen that so much from him, which I guess is completely understandable, especially now that he's like in his thirties, it totally makes sense to sort of like cut out the most, strenuous physical aspects of his game so yeah. i'm sure he's, he still has that but it's like something we've seen less of this season yeah before last night he had been getting to the hoop way less like way less last night he did it quite a bit more and yeah. like and i feel like a big part of that is nurkic because when they're doing that pick and roll last night it looked good but mm-hmm. nurkic has been so slow and yeah it the good thing is, is that like, it seems like he's starting to play better because against who was it? What was two games ago? Oh, Chicago. Yeah. Dame in the first half, he was like going to Nurkic, like every possession and he was like force feeding him and it yeah. wasn't really working. Yeah. You know, he was forcing it so hard. And then last night it was kind of natural and it looked like, you know, the old Nurkic and it was working. Because when that pick and roll starts getting going, it makes Dame a lot better, but also the team way better because then Dame can attack. Which Yeah, and the offense, like you were saying, is really at the best, at its best, when Dame can come off the pick and roll. And Dame's always the first option. So if he sees like the shot open, like obviously he's gonna take that. Or if there's or if the big has come up too high and he can blow past him to the rim. Like those are probably the two best options, but also it's so important to have Nurk kind of rolling to the nail or rolling to the elbow, kind of just that short roll where he can either drive to the rim or pass it to a shooter in the corner, or especially with Derek Jones, you might think like the new dynamic of having cutters coming inside and all that stuff. So it's, I really agree with you that like in order for the offense to kind of hit the next level, like Nurk really has to be playing his best because he probably gets almost the second most touches on the team, especially second. He probably, 
I don't know the way to put this, but he probably makes, he's probably like forced into the second most decisions of anybody on the team. Cause usually like, obviously CJ touches the ball quite a bit, but usually when CJ touches the ball, he's going up with a shot or it's more to score, but Nurk besides Dane probably has the most well-balanced diet of situations where he has to like drive the ball to the hoop and score for himself, but then also like find open players on the perimeter or cutting to the basket. And so having Nurk in like peak form is like so important for the Blazers yeah. offense, which is kind of an underrated aspect. I feel like. Yeah. And just mentioning Derek Jones jr. This team cannot throw a lob to no. save their life. No, they can't. <laughs> Honestly, I honestly think that Nurkic might be the best lob thrower on the team. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Even, even Nurkic has had some really some really um it's it's bad. I you yeah. can tell that uh Derek Jones is like wanting them and he's like cutting for him. Yeah. And there's he's gotten like two so far. Yeah. And he's had so many Derek and I think Derek's been off to a bit of a slow start, but it's also partly because we haven't really figured out the way to integrate him into the office. Yeah. But there have been so many where it's like supposed to be a lob and he has to wait for the ball to come down. <laughs> and as great of a finisher as he is, when he can like get above the defense, when he's on, when he has to like jump up and kind of power through defenders at the rim, like he's not very good at that at all. So if, if yeah. he has the ball on the ground, and he has to somehow like finish through contact or finish through a center. Like that's just never going to happen. And so you really, and, but he is like such a smart cutter and such like a dynamic yeah. player in that sense that I, we really do need to um, do, do a better job of like capitalizing on those opportunities he presents. Um, For sure. And another thing think- was he, Oh, sorry. But he, I, I was just going to say he shot so well in the preseason. I really thought he was going to turn a corner in that sense because he wasn't really a good shooter in Miami, but I thought his form looked a lot better, but that um, certainly has not come true in the season. He's been a pretty <laughs> bad shooter. Yeah, I think he's kind of like he's – a, he's an okay open three-point shooter, but when he's guarded, he's just horrible. Yeah. Like if he, if he has his time – Cause like some players like CJ, he shoots really well when he doesn't have much time. But like when when Jones has gotten time to like set himself, he's made more of those. And so yeah. like it's almost like when that pick and roll gets going, stuff like that, where he gets open looks, like picking his spots to take those might be better. Yeah, totally. And another thing I'll just add on to that is especially from the corners. That's like it, when he has open shots from the corners. That's probably like a almost a 40% shot, probably like 35 to 40% shot. But when it's contested or when it's an above the break three, like that's really when it starts to become more challenging for Derek. Um, On offense and defense, who do you think has been better so far, Covington or Jones? Oh, definitely Robert Covington, I would say, on both ends. I've been – it's just – he's so amazing to watch on defense because he's not – particularly like athletic we've talked about this a lot just on this podcast with Robert Covington like he's not a guy you'll throw on like a LeBron or Kawhi or Giannis against like the best wings and expect him to like stop those guys or stay in front of them but he's just so smart and he has the best hands of any player in the league that you really can't pass or dribble the ball 
on the same side of the court as Robert Covington or else he's just going to take it away. And that's just been very impressive to watch. And then on offense, he's started to shoot a little better over the past few games. He shot really well last night or yeah, he shot well against the Timberwolves. Right. And then he shot, um, he shot really well against the bulls in the first half. He started out like four for oh, five. Yeah. He was- yeah. And then he missed a lot in the fourth quarter, which was frustrating, but which it does seem like everyone. that's starting to come around. And that was everyone that game. Yeah. Dame, Dame could not hit a shot in the second half. If if <laughs> Dame could have hit like three shots that he took in the second half, I think we would have won. Didn't he go yeah. like 0 of 8 or something? No, he, fi- he finally hit one with like five seconds left, and it wasn't a crazy fadeaway three, but. um. Yeah. By then, the prospects of coming back were very small. It was yeah. also frustrating in that game how our first inbounds play, we tried to get it to Dame, and then they tackled him, and so we couldn't pass it to <laughs> him. Yeah. And so that would, you and know, Carmelo call. had to shoot a fadeaway three. Yeah. Yeah, that last play call was pretty terrible. I thought um, basically it was just Damian Lillard running to the half court line. And I mean, obviously he didn't get open cause he just ran in a straight line. Yeah. Then we passed it to Mello who um, not only was he not like facing any teammate he could pass to, he wasn't even facing the basket. And so yeah. with four seconds left, he pretty much just chucked it over his shoulder and didn't really come close to making it. So that play was pretty much doomed from the start. Speaking of Carmelo, I feel like the, other main thing has been the defense of the bench. Yeah. Specifically Carmelo and Ennis Cantor. Uh, like what do you think yeah. of that? Do you think they need to switch something up? Are you a are you a Harry Giles fan? Oh, I am I ever. You wanna, um, you wanna <laughs> see him play for Cantor? Yeah. In some situations. Can't <laughs> Cantor is a very limited player and what he is good at he's been doing an awesome job of that this season so that's basically just like offensive rebounds and just cleaning stuff up around the basket and so if if you're going against a team where you're not really worried about what they do on offense so like the um so like the timberwolves are a perfect example of that if you're not really worried about like Ed Davis or like D'Angelo Russell, like both of those guys are like pretty unathletic. So Cantor is not really at that big of a deficit against them. So in those matchups, he can be pretty destructive when you need to stop Steph Curry, who's been lighting you up for 62 points. And this Cantor is probably not the guy I would choose for that. And I certainly wouldn't choose to play him for all 12 minutes in the fourth quarter while we were trying to make a comeback. I think we must have gotten like three stops in that entire fourth quarter. Um, So I would definitely, if, and same goes for Chicago, like against Chicago in the fourth quarter, Kobe White and Zach Levine were pretty much taking any shot they wanted to in the mid range because Cantor is just never going to come out to contest one of those. So we when point guards and shooting guards can just have such great games against the Blazers because they can pretty much take any shot they want because our centers don't really come out and contest them, which is good because we saw what happens in the preseason when Cantor and Nurkic come out to the perimeter and it just they are too slow to get back. And so it pretty much is just open season underneath the basket. But I mean, 
as a sort of change up look, and this isn't something I'd go to for more than like seven or eight minutes a game, but just to have Harry Giles or even have Robert Covington play some center and just kind of get a more dynamic defensive lineup out there. I definitely think that would be a worthwhile experiment. Yeah, for sure. Dude, do you guys want to talk about the Kings game? The upcoming game with the Blazers? You want to talk about that? Yes, yeah, so the Hassan Whiteside revenge game. <laughs> Although Hassan Whiteside's kind of fallen out of favor in Sacramento. He doesn't really play that much. I know. I, it's um, kind of sad. Yeah, I, I still think Hassan's a fine player. I think. Oh, yeah. I think he's underrated. He yeah, gets too much I, I totally agree. There's he there's no way he should have gotten a minimum contract and then not even played. Like there are so many teams you could help out, like Washington for one, and then New Orleans. Like New Orleans defense is so bad when Steven Adams is off the floor and it's like Jackson Hayes, or God forbid they play Nicolo Melli at center. Like uh, that's on Hassan's gonna get traded at some point in the season. There's just no way around it. There are too many teams who are like struggling on defense and Sacramento's not even playing Hassan. So He's, I think he's going to be definitely a guy who doesn't finish the year on the Kings. Um, so, yeah, I do, the, the Kings, speaking of guards who can take advantage of our bigs' lack of mobility, <laughs> De'Aaron Fox would the fastest guy in the league. That category. <laughs> Is he, like, the fastest dude in the league? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That's going to be fun. That's going to yeah. be really fun. Bro, it was so funny today when, like, Zubots – was out there guarding Steph and Steph was just saucing him up and then runs around to the other side of the court and then hucks up a three ball. It, it gave me flashbacks to the Cantor thing, except Cantor didn't really come out and guard Steph. He just no. hacked the shit out of him when Steph drove. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it, dude. But do you think, do you think the Blazers remember? Wait, weren't, weren't you saying something about, um, you think the Blazers would go 14 and two in their next 16 games. And that's, um, what game are we on now? Because yeah, I think now, this this was that that was previewing the um series January. with the Warriors. Uh, yeah. So now we're on the fifth game of January, and we're really? two and two. So we'd have to go twelve and zero for that to happen, which seems a little bit less likely than I might have thought it. Was. You thought we were you're going to sweep the uh, Warriors, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. baby. The Warriors. Have- something else for you. The Warriors have looked a lot better than they did the first few games of the season. Uh, come, especially yeah. since Draymond's come back. He coming has together. helped him out and Steph Curry can finally make a shot. So, I mean, it was uh, back then we were talking about a somewhat different Warriors team. But I, st- I still think the Blazers are going to go like 10 and 6 or 11 and 5 in mm. January. Like, it's just been like so Jekyll and Hyde for the Blazers this year because there have been games where we've looked like the third best team in the West, which is where Channon predicted us to be at the beginning of the season. And I had him, I had us at the fourth seed, so I wasn't too far off. And then there have been games like against the Warriors where, I mean, we literally look like we have the worst defense in the league. So it's just kind of a matter of which of those teams show because it's like a cliche but the Blazers can literally beat anybody in the NBA and also lose to anybody. So it just makes every night. And it, I mean, it keeps you tuning in, I guess it makes every night an adventure. I think it, it does. Gonna, I think it's going to get better though. Cause like they haven't, they're figuring stuff out, especially on defense. Mm-hmm. They're figuring it out. Cause like they can't, they haven't been able to practice that much and they haven't like, 
they're figuring it out in game. And so I feel like it's going to like, it's going to like steady out where they become more consistent and you see like more consistent results. At least I hope. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's I, been, yeah. I agree. And Nurkic is still playing his way into shape too. Cause yeah, he spent the off season in Bosnia and pretty much from everything we've heard, like he didn't get too many opportunities to play basketball in Bosnia and his mind was for good reason on all sorts of other things. And so he's kind of just sort of working his way back into game shape. And so it, I think you're totally right that it's just one of those things where we need to be patient. And I mean, we've seen how good this team is. And so one or two months from now, I think we'll see that for like 80 or 90% of the games instead of 33% of the games. Yeah, I agree. Did, um, did my boy D'Lo look good? Uh, he did not. Did he, he, so I got two he, different answers there. I saw Grant he looked good at the start of the game. He looked good at the start of the game, okay. and then he was cold. All yeah, right. here, let, let me look up his stats. And because his cat, his cat shooting injured. percentage at the end of the game was horrible. Oh. It was. I know uh, that. Is Cat hurt? Yeah, he is. Yeah. What happened to him? Uh, it was a ankle injury. So... D'Angelo Russell, he ended up with 26 points and three assists on nine of 16 shooting and three of seven from three, three turnovers as well. And uh, finished with uh, minus 15, which was the second worst on the team. And that was all in 28 minutes. And so, I mean, that's pretty much the D'Angelo Russell experience. I don't know how you guys feel about him, but um, yeah, I think he's, a little bit overrated. I mean, he pretty much did what you would expect because he couldn't stay in front of, like Grant was saying, like that was the first game we saw Damian Lillard really get downhill. And I mean, I think it's because Russell, who wasn't guarding Damian Lillard for large swaths of the game, but was on him quite a bit, especially at the beginning. He's just probably one of, if not the slowest point guard who actually plays in the NBA. And so he's a pretty flammable matchup for anybody. Facts. What do you think of the ball brother battle? It must have been so cool. I was just thinking about it the whole time. Like LaMelo stepping back in his brother's face. That was like the only three ball they hit all game, basically, between the two. Lonzo hit one. But I mean, yeah. Grant, what trash have you as hell from behind the arc. ball in this season so far? What's I, I was going to ask you guys that because I feel like he's looked good. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was my number one prospect going into the season. And I definitely think he's even exceeded my expectation because the scoring has definitely been a limitation for him, but all the passing and IQ and like court vision has been better than advertised. And so Mm -hmm. that's very encouraging. And I was a little bit worried that he turned the ball over a ton, which I'm going to pull up his stats because I really haven't, I haven't checked to see this this season. I was telling Callan that I thought he'd lead the league in like turnover percentage for guys who actually played and um, his turnover percentage is only 15 and a half, which is pretty high, but I, I was a little bit scared. It might be even worse. And so I do think he's adjusting to like actually reading NBA defenses, maybe faster than we thought. So he looks nice, yeah. but yeah. he is, he's going to have to either become a better shooter or be better at finishing at the basket, because I feel like he avoids contact quite a bit. And 
and so often he'll go up and like try to do like a 180 reverse layup or a euro step or just some sort of maneuver to try to avoid the defender and finish the layup where I feel like if he drove and was a little bit more physical because he's a good free throw shooter so Mm -hmm. if he just put more of an emphasis on like drawing contact and less of an emphasis on trying to make the layup at all costs like I I think that would um I feel like that would do wonders for his efficiency or if he got a shot because when he doesn't when he can't really attack the defender like going downhill and when he can't shoot a three if the defender goes under the screen it really kind of limits what he can do as a lead initiator of the offense and so I think that's like the one thing that really needs to improve for him I don't I don't I don't I'm not necessarily one of those people who says he has to like become a better shooter to be successful I mean to unlock like the star potential that's probably true but I think he can be a really good point guard as long as he gives like defenders some reason to stick with him on like a pick and roll or whatever yeah Grant, I have a question for you, okay? So even you commented on one of the posts, like Jonah's basketball knowledge is just out of this world, right? Am I right? And me and Jonah were having a secret conversation about uh, being, there's a job called the capologist, right? Wouldn't you think Jonah would be just a fantastic guy to have in your organization? Like say you're a GM, wouldn't you hire Jonah to handle your financials? And like Jonah does Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, Jonah. Come on, man. When when one of you guys is a GM, I'll I'll be expecting (laughs) that phone call. (laughs) Yes, sir. Come on, that's a guarantee right there. Yeah, dude. But it's isn't it crazy how? I mean, I know that Lamelo played overseas, but he's not. I mean, it probably sounds me stupid. Sounds stupid me saying this, but. He's so unfazed, I feel like, by the moment. Like, it would be so oh, yeah. weird playing your brother. You yeah, know what I mean? he has, even just, he just, like, has that confidence that, like, it's not cockiness. It's just, like, confidence in himself mm-hmm. that I feel like is so beneficial. Yeah. Like, to actually, like, imposing yourself on the game. Like, he's not afraid to do that. He's not afraid to take that shot. And, and it like, probably helps that, like, he was playing against like actual grown men mm-hmm. in Australia right, and he's yeah. been, like scrimmaging with NBA players and working out with them over the off season for right, like the yeah. last four years of his life. And mm-hmm. so I really don't think, I don't really think he sees it as some sort of like super intimidating or some like huge step to play in the NBA. I kind of just think it's just another game of basketball for him. Which is yeah. so dope. I think, I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I also really like what James Brago has been doing and just bringing him off the bench. Like even though Devonte Graham has had a miserable start to the season, I think it's kind of cool. Like um, to make LaMelo ball sort of earn those minutes. Didn't he have a good game though today? Yeah, he had, he was one assist short of a triple double. So, you know, Devonte. Oh, Devonte. Uh, let me check. Um, I, I only watched the first half and in the first half, it wasn't anything too impressive, but it wasn't anything too spectacular. Yeah, no, I I, I didn't realize that Lamelo was he one assist shy. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty dope. Yeah, Devonte Graham had another not awesome game. He finished five of thirteen from the field and two of eight from three, which it's not awful. 
I mean, that's pretty bad considering like shooting threes is like his main yeah. skill. But that's facts. I Gordon had a good game. Three, two. He had a good game. Gordon. Oh yeah, Gordon Hayward. He's kind of been under the radar. He's having an awesome season. He's on my fantasy team, and so you're playing fantasy basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. What? So am I. So am I. Yeah. Oh God. What the heck? Damn. What? Yeah, like we're we're talking about Andrew Wiggins got him. Uh Ibaka, he's been playing well. What's your lineup like? I gotta find it. It's pretty stacked. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Jonah, and tell uh, me your lineup, Jonah. Um I have Donovan. How many, how many, how many team league are you in? Like ten team? Sixteen. Oh, 16? Okay, mine's going to be a lot better than his then. I want to try to okay. get in. Do you yeah, think it's too uh, late to start? I don't know. Um, no, it isn't. I want to get in on one, dude. I'm going to start yeah, one. Yeah, we could start an all-gear and no-game league of people who have come on to the podcast. That'd be yeah, fun. that'd be that'd Down. be cash. I've got Gordon Hayward, Donovan Mitchell, Pascal Siakam, uh, Kyrie Irving, Robert Covington, Joel Embiid, Brandon Clark, uh, Norman Powell, Chris Boucher, Harrison Barnes, Grant Williams, um, Will Barden, Josh Richardson, Patrick Williams. Miles Grant Williams Davis. is playing, playing good. Yeah. Dude, do you know who actually was pulling up though? It was Kelly Olinick. I was watching a little bit of the Celtic game. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that was the game a couple nights ago when Pritchard hit the game winner, right? Yeah. I was I, kind of impressed with Tristan Thompson's effort down low because he was there was like three or four guys around him sometimes, and he wasn't getting the rebound all the time, but he was actually grinding down there. It was yeah, kind of a great rebounder. They need him back. I think he's out. He's gotten some COVID exposure. And so, really? Yeah, he hasn't been playing. That's true. Yeah, Seth, Seth Curry just got COVID, and he's on my fantasy team. Dang. He went he went Is off the other day, huh? Yeah, he's been playing well. That was crazy how he was on the bench and they found out he got COVID and they took him out of the game. Yeah. Because he was he was already out with the ankle injury. And then they found out he had COVID. Yeah, I mean, and if you're out with an injury and you haven't gotten the result of your COVID test back yet, like maybe it's not the best idea to be on the bench, but yeah. <laughs> Bags. So oh, my lineup is Giannis, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Jimmy Butler, DeMontis Sabonis, uh, DeAndre Hunter, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Kyrie, Montrez, uh, Ibaka, and Wiggins. Do you guys do points or categories? Uh, points. I bet Sabonis has been awesome. Yeah. he's he And he dropped low. He hit... He wasn't ranked that high in no. the in the rankings, like the preseason rankings. But I I had him last year, and he puts up so much. Has he been better than Giannis for you so far? Uh, I don't think so. He's yeah, probably not. Um, so was did you guys do an auction or a snake draft? Snake draft. Okay, so Giannis was probably your first pick. Yeah. And was Levine or Sabonis second? No, Kyrie was second. Oh, you did you have Kyrie? Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, Kyrie's been on a tear to start the season too. Him and Sabonis 
been awesome. That's the only thing though about picking Kyrie is that he's sitting all the time. Yeah. Which who knows when he's going to come back now. So I have no idea. Are you can only start five. Yeah. No, you can, you play everybody. Yeah. Or not everybody in my league. I think we start like 13. No, we start. How many is on your team? We start 10. We start 10. Yeah, we start 10 too. We have three guards, three forwards, a center, and three flex players. So, what the <laughs> is a flex basically anybody? Yeah, it can be anybody. Um, how does this point system work? So, I don't know about Grant's league, but in my league, we have nine categories. And so, like field percentage, three pointers, free throw percentage, and then like six other ones. And basically, it's like a series. So, it's like best five out of nine. So, if you win five oh. or more of the categories you win your game and so that's pretty much how it goes we just do overall points so it like adds like you get points for like field goals made points all that stuff and then you lose points for turnovers miss shots stuff like that that's dope i don't know who i would who who where where did steph go is he like a first pick yeah He was probably like eighth or something. Oh, okay. All right. So he's mid-level. How many guys are in your uh, thing? In your league? Many, oh, 10 in mine. He oh, okay. Six, so Damn. That's why my team was better because I basically got like the picks within like half of his team. Yeah. That's dope. I, I think I'm going to – I want to do one just like with random people. You do, do you do it just on the ESPN app? Yeah, I do. I'm on an app called Fantrax, but what? it's, it's kind of cool because it's got like a ton of information and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's also not super user friendly. Like it took me forever to figure <laughs> out, like it's got so many like buttons and stuff. <laughs> are you telling me you don't have IBM Watson on there? <laughs> can you do trades no. and stuff? Yeah, we can, we can do trades. Yeah. Nice. Because wait, does the ESPN app for all the fantasy leagues? Can you do IBM Watson and it gives you like the trade things? What are the? I don't know. <laughs> it's so idea. funny. It's like that AI thing, and it'll tell you. It'll suggest trades on how to improve your team. I used to use oh, it really? in fantasy, and then it would it would say um, you could get this guy from this team, and then it would have a little bar meter that would say fairness and value and stuff. But. I haven't made any trades. Grant, have you traded anybody yet this year? I haven't. I made my first roster move today. I put in a claim for Peyton Pritchard on the waiver wire. Stop so, it. Just because he had one put back? He had like six points, dude. He's had a great season so far. He had like six points last game. Plus he had it's one put dy- back and he's the man. He's a rookie of the year now. It's a, it's a dynasty league too, so it <laughs> makes sense to stock up on the young guys. Oh, so you're going for a while. Yeah. Like this is going to carry over. Hopefully. That's the idea. Wow. Interesting. That's sick. Yeah. I think, I think I'm going to see, I'm going to try out fantasy baseball when it comes out. I think that's going to be a grind. That would be be forever, especially if it goes back to 162 games. Haven't you played that before? Negative. That's surprising. It'd be so boring. That's true. Yeah. it'd It'd be awful. And I'm sure the point scoring is awful because you could ever literally you have a shot that everybody on your team would go like over four. Baseball so, is like the original fantasy sport, though. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure yeah. baseball was the first one they did fantasy 
Yeah. I was thinking about like when before they had apps and stuff when people had to physically do this shit on the paper. That would be awful. Really? That sounds fun. Jonah. Okay. That's why you're going to be a capologist (laughs) or a freaking bankruptcy attorney. It would be cool because you'd get like the paper every morning. Stop it. Okay. You're done. I'm kidding. Like get the box scores and like be calculating all the stuff out. Like I feel like that'd be cool. Oh. Yep. Sounds like a blast to me. And you can make spreadsheets. Wait, you can make a spreadsheet and make it easier. You just plug your stuff in. True. That would be less fun though. Less fun because it's less work, huh? Yeah, I feel like you'd learn a lot too. Like you'd always be up to date on like how players were doing if you literally had to do it all by hand every day, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like you can learn just as much by looking at the app. True, but like how but yeah, but- often would you look at the app for every player? Huh? I, how how often would you look at the app for every player? Though? Well, you'd you'd only handle the guys on your team. Oh, I mean, I would say like if you were the commissioner, and then you'd figure out the results for everybody in the league. But wouldn't just you? Wouldn't the responsibilities be up to your guys, like each team? Maybe. Because that'd be a hell of a lot of work. Yeah, it would be. But all right. So big takeaway: Warriors are gonna. Win out the rest of the season. Okay, one last question before we finish off. Kellen, do you still have the Warriors at number one in the Western Conference? I mean, should I not have them there? Well, we are. Uh, <laughs> We're five and four, dude. Five and four. Yeah, we could be. We could be six and three right now. Three three pointers away from being from winning last game. <laughs> Nick, but Nick Batum and hit two in a row. Pat Beverly, and then they pulled away at the end of the game. It was a close game until then. All right, well, you're one Damian Lee three-pointer away from being hmm? five. So, yeah. One one non-missed call on a Kavon Looney illegal screen away. One, oh. oh, and not to mention that that play, that was totally a five-second violation before Damian Lee finally inbounded the wall. So, if we're, if we're talking what, about... Wait, what games are we talking about? Against the Bulls. Oh, I, I didn't really watch a lot of the Bulls game. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, I did. did. Yeah, we, we talked about that one. Yeah, we, I did talk about that one. Yeah. Man, yeah, it's fine. It's all luck. Grant, where did where did you have the Warriors prior to the season? And probably not even existing. I don't think Kellen wants to hear it. Dude, he probably has them at like 20 and 52. Oh, I don't know about numbers, but I had them nine seed. Yeah, oh, that's wait. reasonable. So, but we didn't make the playoffs though, right? Is that not the playoff? No. No. Did you have the uh, Did you have the Rockets ahead of them? Yeah. And the Suns. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's fine. And do you, do you still have them at ninth, or have they moved up now? I no. I still think it's too early. I don't. I haven't. Besides the Suns, who've looked really good. Everyone else, it's like it's still so early. I mean. Yeah. It's like they're around 500. It's not, and it's still so early. I I haven't changed my mind really on anyone. Yeah, for me, the only team who has like drastically changed my mind on them, like even the Suns, I have them about the same because they've been better than I expected. But I mean, I still don't think they're really better than like the Jazz or Mavericks or Blazers or Nuggets. The team that's really kind of made me change my expectations is the Raptors. I mean, they've been awful 
Suck yeah. On the also, the Nuggets. Who do the Warriors have- play next? The Nuggets. Yeah, yeah the, Nuggets the Nuggets defense has been terrible. Yeah. I feel like them losing who they lost, like um, Craig mm-hmm. and uh, did they have Grant last season? Yeah. 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 Those two were really big losses for them. Yeah. Nikola Jokic is like playing amazing and they're still yeah. three and five, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. So. And Plumley too. Plumley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because replacing Plumlee with Isaiah Hardenstein, that's a pretty yeah. big downgrade because Plumlee's actually a great passer and he's like pretty skilled offensively. Um, and so he can sort of replicate some of the stuff Jokic does. I mean, obviously, he's nowhere near as good as Jokic, but he can yeah. like allow them to play a similar style. And so just having that sort of disconnect between the starters and bench because the Nuggets were always a team where they bring in their bench. Like their starters were always fine, but they were such a deep team. Like with when they had like Malik Beasley and Torrey Craig and Jeremy Grant and Plumlee, and they could really just punish teams. And now it's like Monte Morris, Jamichael Green, Isaiah Hardenstein, like PJ Dozier. Like, I mean, that's, eh, that's not really scary. They had one of the worst off seasons, I think. Yeah, definitely. They got substantially worse. And maybe when Michael Porter Jr. comes back, that's just going to make their offense like so good that it balances out. Yeah. But, uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It's yeah. Pretty so, simple. Warriors yeah. in the finals. Dude, uh, what, what have your thoughts changed at all? Or is it too early, Jonah? Um, no, I still have them as the eight seed. I mean, yeah, I still have them as the eight seed. How many more times I, do we play the Blazers? Once. Uh, one more time. Oh, one more time. March, March third. Oh, uh, interesting. Cool. But we play the Raptors next. We're gonna maybe, be six maybe, and four. <laughs> maybe when they release the second half of the schedule, maybe hopefully we've got one more matchup with the Warriors. I don't know. I know. I know that all the uh, games that got subtracted off the schedule because there are ten less games this year. But we're still playing every team in the East twice, and so that means they have to take away matchups between the Western Conference teams. So maybe that means like one less game between the Blazers and the Warriors. But yeah, I still have, I still have the Warriors at eight. I actually like, I really liked what I've seen from the Rockets, but I still think like, so it's, they're just kind of a ticking time bomb to me because like wall and cousins are like kind of health risks and Harden and Tucker. You don't know how long they're still going to be there. And so I think the Rockets are like more talented than the Warriors, but I just, I still have a hard time picking them to be ahead of the Warriors just because yeah. I've, that's actually i kind of am on the verge of changing my mind on them too i don't know if they're gonna make the playoffs yeah i mean they've looked a lot better than i thought they would because in the games harden's played like against the blazers and then against the uh mavericks i think was the other one where he was playing well like they i don't think they lost to the mavericks i think that was like on monday but He's been decent, but it's just like, how long is he going to be there? Do you think, Grant, do you think Harden's going to get traded? Mm, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. Who do you think to Philadelphia or some other place? I feel, man, I don't think he's going to go to the Nets. There's no way he's going to the Nets because they would have to give away too much, especially with Dinwiddie getting hurt. Yeah, that kind of hurt their trade package. Yeah, that like kind of ended that for them, I feel like. Yeah, the 76ers, I don't know. So you think they would give up 
um, Ben Simmons for him? I mean, I, that's kind of what it would have to be. I yeah. Think. That's but not I, worth it. I, I, I think, I think they're going to, I don't think the Sixers would do that. I think they're going to ride with that for one more year. Like it, it, where Ben Simmons is still young enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like they're going to give it one more chance. They're kind of like in a similar situation as the Blazers, in my opinion. Yeah. And Ben Simmons has been great this year. And so, yeah. and they're six and two. So that's looking all right. The team I would I like as a dark horse, and there's been no rumors about this at all, but I think Harden to the Pacers could be interesting. You think he would go to the Pacers though? I mean, so I think you go to Indiana. Do you think I, they would give up like TJ Warren? I think it would be Oladipo and Sabonis. Oh, the hell with that! Get that shit think, out of here. They're already good without him. They come. They've gotten swept in the first round for two years in a row now. But they they've started the season off nice. It doesn't really. I don't know, but because of the way I kind of thought about it, and I forgot um, where I heard this. I was reading an article about it somewhere that the team that should trade for Harden is really should it should be the best team that doesn't have an offensive identity. So really like the best team who needs a complete overhaul on offense. Cause you're not going to bring Harden in just to be like a cog in the machine. And you're certainly not going to bring him in to be like a second scoring option because like all of his shortcomings and all of his, like even his offensive games really limited. So just bringing him in to be like a supporting player. And I mean, he wouldn't be a supporting player, but bringing him in when he's not like one a option on offense is just kind of, not really worth it. And so Indiana's like the one team that is good already, but really has uh like really has a spot for Harden to kind of be the main guy on offense, especially if Sabonis wasn't there anymore. Like I think a lineup with Brogdon, Harden, Warren, um, Miles Turner, and then like you can fill in the last guy. Like maybe it's Justin Holiday. Maybe they get like PJ Tucker and the trade. Like I think that really could be, that could be competitive in the East for sure. But we'll see. I don't. I don't think that will actually happen. That's more of just a theoretical. Send Ubre to Houston. I'm just kidding, dude. Could you imagine if Harden was a Warrior, dude? I swear, Clay's back. Okay, is Ubre gonna be gone next year though? Like seriously, I know it's oh, too early and everything, but I mean, like, can he be gone, gone. next year? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I mean, if I were the Warriors, I mean, I'd be trying to trade Clay Thompson for Harden. Oh, baby. That's one of the worst. But how old's Harden? 31? 32? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he must be 31 or 32. He was in the same draft class as Curry, wasn't he? But it wouldn't really matter because Clay's like 31, right? 30? Yeah, I don't know. Around there. So, yeah, but, oh, baby, that'd be sick as hell. But like I said, that'd be like Russell Wilson coming, becoming the 49ers quarterback. Yeah. Which I wouldn't, yeah, that'd be fucking terrible. But, dude, I was uh, watching today, underrated movie. I forget exactly what Star Trek it was. It was fireworks. I forget what one it is. It's like the second newest Star Trek movie. I was watching it. It's so good. I don't even remember the first one or the, it could have even been the third one, 
but I completely was entranced. I could not take my eyes off the screen. I don't even remember what one it was. But yeah, dude. Cannot wait for super wild a super wild card tomorrow, dude. It's gonna be insane. The Bills are gonna get knocked the fuck off. It's gonna be crazy. The Colts are gonna go take out the Bills. It's gonna be wild. Mark my words, dude. Josh Allen. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. Not very on brand for your calendar. You know what? The Seahawks could make it to the Super Bowl being dead ass. Like it's a it's a complete possibility. What's you, happening right now, Kellen? First, no, but year, I no, but I'm, I don't. I didn't. Pick, I, I didn't pick. I didn't pick that. But I was thinking in my head, it's a complete possibility that they make it to the bowl, and then get throttled by the one of the AFC teams because they don't have enough firepower to keep up with Patrick Mahomes, and then they won't be on the field enough if they play the uh, Ravens, and that's their only options, really. So, you know, it's kind of cool how symmetrical it worked out that the Warriors went from losing in the finals to missing the playoffs. And then the 49ers went from losing in the Super Bowl to missing the playoffs. And it's sweet how the Giants haven't been to the playoffs since like 2016. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. We're not, dude, the Niners, don't even take me on this tangent, dude. They get the 12th uh, overall pick. They could trade up. What if they get Deshaun Watson, sell the farm? Oh, baby. Oh, man. NFC West is fucked next year. I'm telling you, the whole NFC screwed. Everyone sucks in the NFC, except us, baby. But yeah, what an episode this was! What a freaking episode, Grant. We'll have to. We got to get you back on, dude. When we have more structure to it, and besides just celebrating the Warriors' massive comeback victory against the Clippers. Yeah, maybe maybe after one of the Blazers games, a recap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was surprised that you didn't want to do one after, like, immediately after some of the Blazers games. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know if you were watching the Blazers games. You know, I'm gonna have to watch the Blazers games, huh? Maybe. Do you want to do one after tomorrow? The yeah, the Blazers play tomorrow. Yeah, they do. Yeah. The yeah. NBA's ratings are probably gonna go down the t- toilet tomorrow because of the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably. I'm so jealous of you guys, though. Yeah. I have to. I have to buy the thing to watch the Warriors play. But you guys get fucking root sports or whatever, and you could watch it on NBC every night. How much did you get? How much does Team Pass for one team? That's like sixty dollars, right? Yeah, but I'm my my dad's just gonna get it through cable. Oh, really? Nice. Are you gonna get like the whole league pass? Huh? Are you gonna get the entire league pass? Well, I don't think you can just buy one team. So, yeah. You can get one team. I don't think you can over cable. Really? Maybe you can. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm sure you probably can. I think that's an option. You know what? I'm an idiot, though. I have my parents get NFL Network for Thursday Night Football, but we have Amazon Prime. Yeah. So I'm freaking so dumb. Felt so bad for that because I literally watched like one game. <laughs> that's funny. I feel awful, but it's okay. But thanks, guys. This will be up tonight, actually. So let's go. All right. See you tomorrow night, then, Kellen. All right. Sounds good. Bye bye, Grant. Good to talk to you. We'll have to get you on again when there's more structure, okay? Sure. All right. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for coming on, dude.